Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. It's Doug Huntington here. And in this episode, I talked to Bo and he pinged me over on a YouTube live stream. He said, man, KGR is doing great for me and some of the other things that I've learned from your channel. I've taken my site from about 1200 bucks a month in 2019 to over 3000 in the summertime of 2020. So the value of the site is roughly, you know, I would say 90 to 100K. It actually has some history on it and it's something that we talk about in the episode. As normal, we get into a lot of the details about content. We talk about link building and some mindset things. One interesting thing is Bo has been building websites for many years and it took him a little while to get this sort of traction. And he was actually doing pretty good for years, making, you know, roughly a thousand to twelve hundred, like I mentioned before. And he sort of put a couple of things together and he's been able to grow things out pretty well. So thanks, Bo, for sharing your story. He has a few other projects that he's working on, which we get into during the interview. So I hope Bo will be able to to join me sometime in the future. And this episode is brought to you by me. It's brought to you by me like normal, but I actually have something new that is launching today. It's called Site Growth Plan. And basically, it's for people that are stuck or they've plateaued with their site. So I get many emails, many questions. Uh, A lot of times people sign up for a coaching call where they've had a site that is basically stagnant. They've been able to grow a site either from scratch or perhaps they've purchased it, they've grown it to some level and they want to grow it more. So whether you're making, you know, a hundred bucks a month or 500 or 2000, this course will help you grow your site. Couple notes, I'm not going to do a huge, I'm not going to read the whole sales page here, but I will let you know that the course is for people, like I said, where your site has plateaued in earnings or traffic and you're not sure what to do. A lot of times you will try to do the same things that you have been doing and you try to do it like harder. You try to do it more and brute force it. And a lot of times that's not going to work. So after you've tried the things that were working before, you may have to adjust your approach. Additionally, if you just bought a site, maybe you know the basics, but you need a little help figuring out what to work on first, this will help you prioritize and figure out you know, where you need to spend the time early on to get the quickest ROI. And maybe if you have a site just in general and you want to increase the income, maybe it's growing and you just want to make sure you're working on the right things. Although I would say if you're on a growth trajectory, Keep doing what you're doing. Once things plateau, that's where this course will really come in. And, you know, the other sort of thing, like who is this course for? If you're interested in doing the work and putting in the time and putting in the reps, that's what you'll need to do. This is not any sort of like, hey, uh, change the title on, uh, you know, 50 of your posts and all of a sudden overnight you're going to get more rankings. It's not like that at all you're going to have to put in some work. Now, there are some quicker wins um, here and there, depending on what your site is uh, doing now, where you've spent time working on it in the past. Also very important, who is this course not for? So if you have a brand new site, I would say under one month or two, you probably are way too early in the process 
to use this course effectively. So if your site's brand new, keep working on the site. The other thing, and this hopefully will be interesting from a marketing standpoint, everyone you know, pay attention to this. If you're a student of multi-profit site, that's my recent flagship course that I released a couple months ago, you actually have a lot of this information within that course. So if you're a student of multi-profit site, you probably shouldn't get this course because you already have it. Now, that is only for the advanced in premium students of multi-profit site. I could talk about this sometime in the future, but just keep that in mind. If you're an advanced or premium student of multi-profit site, then you probably shouldn't get this course. Also, if you are just getting started and you don't have a site yet, obviously this course is not for you. And finally, if you're looking for an overnight solution to a stagnant site or a site that never really got much traffic, you may need to rethink your foundational sort of understanding. And I'm not sure if this course is not going to be able to like resurrect a site that is dead or never got any traffic. You probably made a mistake early on. And this course is about growing a site that already has traffic. And like I've mentioned a few times, you've plateaued, you need some help, you need to figure out what to work on. There's a link in the description in the show notes here to get over to site growth plan and you could check it out, see if it's for you. During this week, there is a pretty hefty discount. So there's two levels that you can get for the standard plan, the site growth plan standard. You can save $100 and it, I won't mention the price here just because it, hopefully it won't change, but you just want to make sure. Uh, but you can save $100 if you purchase within this first week of the launch. So the 24th of August through the 28th through the end of the day. The other plan is the premium plan. So site growth plan with coaching. So you would get one 45-minute one-on-one coaching. You can save $150 on that. This is a actual like pretty huge discount overall. My normal coaching rate is 447. So like when you do the math here, it's kind of a no-brainer. If you are looking for coaching, this is probably the cheapest way to get it. You do have this um, sort of you know deadline that you're dealing with to save that amount. But I encourage you to, to check it out, see if this is a good fit for you. And if so, hopefully um, I'll be working with you soon. So I'll leave it at that and I will send it to the interview with Bo. So thanks a lot, Bo, for joining us today. How are you? Good, man. Mahalo for having me. Aloha from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I remember that you were like on the channel in like the chat pretty often and you were like, Hey, such and such in Hawaii. And I have fun. I've been to Hawaii uh, just one time, but fond memories. Now you were showing me before we started recording, like what it looks like outside. So would you mind just sort of oh. holding it up again? Yeah, this is where I'm sitting. So it's yeah, right in, urban, right in urban Honolulu. Well, not a, too many buildings, but still beautiful nonetheless. <laughs> Very cool. And for the people that are listening on the podcast, there were palm trees and uh, like some nice little mountains, hillside, blue skies. It, it looked nice, I would say. Beautiful day, man. <laughs> so what is your current day job and, and profession? What are you doing in Hawaii there? 
Sure. So uh, my current day job is I work as a appraiser, a real estate appraiser. Um, also have done websites on the side or as a profession for most of my working life. So um, since pretty much since college, I've been building websites. It's not for myself for some reason, but anyway. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. And I highlighted a few of the details, but can you give us your like stats on the revenue and sort of the portion coming from Amazon versus display ads and a little bit about the traffic as well. Right now, this month's been the best month ever. Last month was the best month ever before that. Last month was made about $3,100. That's profit. Um, about 22, 2300 of that was from Amazon. The rest being from a combination of affiliate products and AdSense. AdSense was a very small portion of that. I think it was only about a hundred bucks last month. Um, the rest being from affiliate ads. Okay, gotcha. Well, congratulations. And how old's the site? How much content is on there? That sort of thing. Sure. So I, I launched the first. Well, the I launched the site back in 2016. Just to give you a bit of a testimonial. So when I found your channel, um, it helped me kind of. Your your channel is one of the things that's really helped me focus. Uh, between you and um, Income School, and anyway, there's, there's there's just two or three of you guys that I follow on YouTube that really helped me focus. So last year, I was I just looked under the hood. I there was only 50 posts on my site. Now there's about 150. So put put 100 new posts on the site. Put a lot more focus in Amazon Associates. So last year, at this time, I was making about a thousand dollars a month. Um, most of that was actually from lead generation. Um, the lead generation has gone down to almost zero. And the site is totally flip flop now. Where the majority of my income is from Amazon. So, okay, gotcha. And as far as the content, were you, are you writing it yourself? Or are you outsourcing it? Yeah. So now the the majority of it is is outsourcing. I write very little. I, I pretty much am in the role of editor. I do a lot of editing, but um, in terms of writing the content, um, actually, and again, another testimony for you is I use your use use your Upwork template to great effect. So. Uh, we can talk about that more if you want, but it's a really effective strategy in terms of finding writers, building relationships with those writers, and kind of um, you know nurturing those relationships. Um, I, I think I have a much lower cost per word for really strong, really good writers than most most um, people in the space. So, cool. Thanks. I I know that it takes a, a little more overhead. Obviously, you're doing the HR, the management, all that sort of stuff, but it is a fraction of the cost compared to when you outsource it. It's so expensive to outsource it to an agency. So yeah, we could definitely get into those details. Now, it sounds like you sort of like hit a stride in the last year, but let's rewind a little bit. You said you've, you've built websites for a long time. So when did you start getting into like either affiliate marketing or at least trying to build a site as a side hustle so you can capitalize on the earnings? Well, going way back to my first job out of college in 2005, I guess, I worked for the radio stations and I started to study affiliate marketing and I found a site called um, Wealthy Affiliate. I'm sure you've heard of that, familiar with that. Mm -hmm. um, so started learning about affiliate marketing, doing affiliate marketing. And uh, I, I started uh, with my relationships, the radio station would run radio ads to affiliate products. <laughs> And that was kind of my foray into it. Um, made the radio stations a lot of money and then uh, for some reason didn't pursue it myself. Um, went off to Japan, taught English in Japan, but started building websites in high school. So, you know, more than 40 now. So, jeez. Wow. <laughs> I not want to think about that. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't even think, I didn't build, I'm basically the same age, I'm 41. 
I don't think I built my first site until like the first year in college or so. So what, what uh, school did you go to? Went to University of Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you from Hawaii? I am. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up on the neighbor, the smaller islands. So I grew up on the big island in Maui, okay. uh, in Wisconsin of all places, but. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. So like uh, moving on. So you, you knew that you could make money online. So 2016, was that the first time you were like, Hey, I'm going to give it a shot on my own here? Uh, yeah. In terms of, uh, in terms of my own site that I was going to make a concerted effort to build out and, and make money from. Cool. And it sort of didn't do much for about three years. So what, what were you trying? What really was working? It sounded like you were making about a thousand dollars a month month, which is actually pretty good for a lot of people. And I'm sure, you know, it, it's enough for some folks to pay for like a mortgage or whatever. So what were you doing back then? Yeah. So I, I consider myself very lucky that I was at that point because, um, and we kind of talked about this in the pre-interview and just in terms of uh, being super ADD. <laughs> sure a lot of your viewers can relate is I tend to chase shiny objects or I have my, my, my whole, my whole life where I'm like, Ooh, let me go get a job. Like I've had, you know, five different jobs in the last six or seven years. So anyway, so I think that speaks to that a lot, but, um, sorry, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. So you, you were jump, you were jumping around a lot. So that's why you didn't really, I guess, get as much traction as you are now because you were kind of all over the place and you were doing lead generation and maybe some affiliate offers, but it wasn't very focused. A thousand dollars a month was off a very small amount of traffic too. So it was, I was only getting about 3000 page views. Um, it was, it was from lead generation. I got really lucky with a very niche, um, keyword that I, I generated leads for a, for an affiliate product that paid it paid out really well. So that was the majority of that. Gotcha. Um, and, and it fizzled out, you said. So did did the traffic go away or did the affiliate program close closed down when COVID hit, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Be, uh, probably making another thousand, fifteen hundred a month just from that income stream if they hadn't closed that affiliate program down. So Okay. Understand. <laughs> That is a bummer. So where, where's the traffic out at now currently? So last month, I believe it was about 25,000 page views. Okay. Uh, this month, I'm probably going to hit 40,000. And last right. month was the best month ever. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Very cool. So it, you roughly 10x the traffic and a little bit more, but we're, you're in a period right now where it's like pretty, pretty right. steep growth. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For my niche too, admittedly, this is um, high season. So my site's going to peak for the next couple months and then it'll peak again around the holidays and then we'll probably take a dip post holidays like most, most of our sites, I would guess. But Many different niches have like the, the different seasonal portions. So it's interesting to hear just like some people, this is the high time other folks, it'll be the retail season. So with this, let's talk about the content a little bit for the site. And you sure. mentioned you've hired you've hired writers. You've, you've been using my templates, which people can get freely. Just sign up for the email list. So, what was your experience? And and had you hired writers before? Yes and no. I have I have worked with writers before, much more expensively, I might add. <laughs> but uh, my experience with Upwork has been amazing. I mean, again, just just using your template or, or your methodology in terms of putting out a, a a feeler or a test project, saying, hey, if you want to get if you want to get positive ratings, I'd love to give you a good rating in, in return for a, a 
a low-priced article. And from that, I've had two or three very strong writers that I still work with. When I put the project on, it was like $10 for a thousand words, <laughs> which for a good you know writer that writes better than me is amazing. And even now I pay, I pay my best writer $30 for 1,500 words, so two cents a word, which, you know, again, I mean, can't beat that. Yeah, it's a great rate for, you know, the quality that you're getting. And where are your writers located typically? So, uh, yeah, again, I opened the project up to the whole world when I first started. And I kind of learned that, you know, there are writers in my space that are that are uh, U.S. based. Um, so I've just been working with U.S. writers lately because um, a lot of some of the some of the bad experiences I've had have been with with um, folks from other countries who write really good cover letters, um, have good resumes. But when they actually submit them, the product it's like spun or you know so yep and i've seen i've i've tried to experiment you know i should always test the assumptions that i have and whenever i do open it up to the world i end up with kind of garbage basically so i, I try to stick to uk canada us australia you know if someone is located elsewhere that could be fine as long as they actually are truly a native English writer or speaker. So content on my site is very US centric, I would say maybe Canada a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I, really I need a US writer that anyway. So. Sure. So with the content, are you providing like pretty tight templates for them to use or do you let them run with it a little bit? How have you been working specifically once you get them on board? I've learned that the more the more details or the more structure you give them, the better product they will produce, right? So at least in my at least what I'm looking for. <laughs> so and that's something that's that's a work in progress. I, I just I have a writer now that came from one of those upwork test projects that she's willing to write whatever as much for me as I want her to write. So I'm actually putting together a template in Google Docs that has heading goes here, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And this is something, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but part of my, my goal in the next couple of months is to really build out an outsourced team that's taking the different things off my plate. Like one of my biggest time sucks is posting the posts in WordPress so that if I can just hire someone in WordPress to take the writing, turn it into H1 tags and the meta description and that kind of thing, post the header, that kind of thing. It'll really save me a lot of time and be much more scalable. Which that was the number one thing for me. Like once I added a editor content manager type person to draft in WordPress, then I could just like pour it on. And you, I mean, I actually just ended up promoting a writer who wrote a ton. They got a little bit bored and then I created pretty simple job aid. I think it's about four to five pages or so, a couple screenshots and pretty straightforward. So once someone goes through it a couple of times, gets a little feedback, like they could just knock it out way faster than you or I, because right. you'll get into the, you'll get distracted, right? So you'll start doing it. You may, you maybe want to change an image or do one thing. And next thing you know, you're watching, you know, YouTube videos on whatever cats dogs, whatever. I'm just you, curious. Sure. Just curious question for you is, is what do you, what do you pay that person? I pay hourly. Typically oh. it's between 10 to $20 per hour. So hourly is a more fair way to do that gig because they may spend more time editing and maybe a longer piece of content. So it just takes them longer to format it. And, you know, usually, like I said, 10 to $20, depending on their experience level and how much I want to keep them on board. So a lot of times you'll be able to 
pull them on for 10 to 12. And then if they are good and they're continuing to look for gigs, they'll probably be able to say, Hey, I would sure would love a raise or I'm going to go take another job. So depending on who they are, you know, I'd paid up, paid up to 20, 20 per hour, but I think WordPress. Yeah. I think WordPress content management too. This is a very common skill. However, if you try to hire a WordPress content manager, they may try to charge a lot more, but if you promote someone similar idea to hiring a new writer, you're getting them to learn something new. They're taking on more responsibility than what they were planning on. And you, right. they're eager to learn typically. So there's my answer. That. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. No worries. <laughs> all right. So content wise, any other like cool, cool things that you have uh, discovered over time? So you're planning on adding a content manager soon to really scale it up. Anything else? No, and, and again, I think it's something that that when I when I found found your channel and, and some of the other channels, it was just focusing on buyer intent content has really kind of exploded what I'm doing. Um, and again, just not up a very modest amount of traffic. If you're getting that traffic to buyer intent pages, it's you make so much more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and it makes I mean it makes it makes sense in a lot of ways where if it's a little bit more focused and, and you know why they're there, which sort of leads us to keywords and keyword research. So what's your approach to keyword research? And I imagine um, from the various channels that you, you've checked out, there's probably a wide range of stuff that you've taken the approach. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, keyword research is like a rabbit hole and it's something like I was listening to an interview on uh, WP Eagle, his channel the other day. And it was with um, a, like an ex SEO guy, and he was just going on and on and on about all these different keyword tools and how you can do this and how you can do that. I've tried a, I tried a bunch of them, but I find like your KGR method was was is brilliant. When I first started my big content push about a year ago, um, there was one of the ter- the K- KGR terms that I found that is now because of COVID is is gigantic. Like it's a freaking beast of a keyword. I'm getting it's like thirty percent of my traffic from that one uh, keyword. So anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Um, and the other thing I just, I, that I really like is keyword chitter. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> it gives you a bunch of ideas. One tactic that I would highly recommend is to pay the $7 and do the Ahrefs trial. And then it's, um, if you're, it's good for competitive, competitor research or competitor keyword hacking. So the way I've used that is I found, I, you, you go on, you, you find your, and I'm sure a lot of the keyword tools do this. I just figured out how to do it in Ahrefs. But Ahrefs will produce a, a spreadsheet of all of the keywords that your competitor ranks for. And you can see what positions they're in and that kind of thing. And then you can then take those keywords and start writing content about those keywords as well. So um, yep. that's the one, again, that I've used that in Keyword Chitter and KGR. Perfect. And, yep, SEMrush and Ahrefs do really well with that organic keywords that any website is ranking for. So you can go snag that data. It's actually great to pull it from, and you probably did this, you know, 10 different competitor websites, sort of aggregate all the data. You can sort it however you want. And there's other metrics that you can go on. Like, let's say you want to find the KGR terms. So maybe you just look at all the terms that have a search volume under 250 and then start sorting from there. So yeah, that's a great, great tip there. For the 
KGR, did you have like a certain number of KGR posts that you published out of those 100 additional posts in the last 12 months? I would say probably somewhere in the range of 30 to 30 to 50% of the posts that I posted probably been KGR. Yeah. Okay. And then the others were just like good keywords that you just wanted to go for? Exactly. And, and, and this is something too, once your site gains a certain authority too, um, I think the KGR metric can, you can up your, you know, the, the ratios as well. Like I've ranked for much more competitive keywords, um, using that same, you know, but yeah, the KGR stuff, when you have a, a somewhat established site and really, really you know, zooms, like I've had, I had an article, actually this, Again, this is a funny anecdote. I had an article a couple of days ago that was a KGR term that went right to the top of Bing. And then Google was like a day later. Like Bing, it was a few hours. Google was a day later. And I'm already seeing 20 to 30 search hits from that per day. Because it's it's KGR, but because of what's going on with COVID, um, it's not really KGR. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of people searching for it. Got it. Very interesting. In like... I think it's key to know what you just mentioned. And I try not to talk about it too much because there's like a wide spectrum of viewers and listeners in the audience. So yes, you can move the goalpost really for a KGR and the formula. Don't tell anyone, but basically it's great for a brand new site. But if you have a site that's been around for four years and you have like 150 pieces of content like you do, then yeah, you don't have to follow such rigid rules. Like your site is going to react different than like a brand new site. And it should, right? Like it's established, it's getting traffic, it's ranking for a bunch of keywords already. So it totally makes sense. And you could adjust a little higher search volume, for example. Maybe it doesn't, maybe the KGR value doesn't have to be under 0.25. So you could kind of tweak things. But the problem, of course, you could imagine, Bo, is like, someone's like, well, you could, you could tweak it. And then they put out a brand new site and then they think, oh, I'm going to just change everything. And you know, it doesn't work then. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Right now I'm working on it. So I, I just bought a site from motion invest as well as I am building a new micro niche site. And for both of those, I'm going to be using KGR and I have another site that I built about six or seven months ago. So I have four sites, I think in total. I have another site I built about six or seven months ago that just came out of the so-called sandbox. I'm going to start to get some hits on Google. And again, I think if I put some 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 good KGR content there as well, um, it'll definitely position that site for, for a lot more success too. So cool. I believe 100% in it and um, yeah, I totally, totally get it. Let's dive into a couple of those other sites and then we'll swing back to your main site and talk about link building in a couple minutes here. But so for the site that just got out of the sandbox, right. so you're seeing some hits right now. It's getting a little more traffic. How much content was on there? And like, do you actually see like, oh, this is right at, you know, six months in one day? Yeah. Um, I wish I had looked at that specifically. I think the shitty thing is, is I, I misconfigured Google Analytics, <laughs> but I did have Google site, Google page, Google webmaster. What is that? You know what I'm Search trying to console. Say, right? Search console. Search- but I did have search console. So I was like, oh, I'm starting to get some traffic over here, the analytics. So anyway, I'll look at that. But I think it was right around six, seven months that it started to see, see, see a you know, little bit of traffic. That particular site only has 10 pieces of content. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, some stuff. Too, yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. And then for motion in invest, it's sort of a marketplace sort of scenario. So yeah. What was the experience like? I haven't purchased anything from there, but I know the founders pretty well. Sure. So yeah, they're, I think they're, they're really new to that kind of domain or website flipping space. So they, they, they sent out a newsletter. They only have a very small amount of sites. They put out one or two sites every other day or something, or maybe two or three a week. It's not very many. Um, and I had been meaning to buy a new site kind of under a $5,000 price point. And I saw one that came up at $2,200. I kind of snagged it right away. So yeah, there's, they have some, I think overall it was a good thing. They have like, I bought it on a Friday. They didn't, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to talk bad about anybody. They didn't get back in touch with me until Monday about transferring the site, um, which I was kind of a little, you know, it was the first domain I'd ever bought from a site. So I wasn't sure if that was normal. <laughs> But once once they got in touch with their transfer person, their transfer guy was just amazing. He was a guy out of Pakistan, but he was super helpful, super on it. Um, so all in all, I mean, I would recommend them. But <laughs> you know, sure, I don't know. Yeah, and I think it, that's a you're highlighting a good thing: the onboarding after something happens, like you don't know what's supposed to happen. So it's like really important to set the expectations, like maybe even on their sales page, like after you pay, here's what's going to happen. If it's on the weekend, you're not going to hear anything until what, whatever, like whatever the expectation should be. Like as long as everybody's operating on the same like plan, then no one's surprised. But you were like, Hey, just sent over like a couple thousand bucks. What's going on here. Right. Yeah, it was just one of those. It would it would be super helpful, if, even if the the auto email that goes out would say something to the tune of, you know, this is our process, this is what to expect over the next few days. But when you're when you're new to it, you're just like, Ugh. what's <laughs> going on? Yeah, two thousand bucks. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, and then I take it the the plan for that one, you know, pump pump some more content on there, low competition, and see what happens. Or is it uh, anything unusual? It is. It's, it's it's an unusual site. I'm excited about that. I bought it. It's going to be a lot of work because the site was written by a non-native English speaker, and there's a lot of just every post pretty much has to be rewritten. And there's about 60 posts on the site, so that's a little daunting. But the site is somehow ranking for a for a lot of keywords. So, um, and I've made seven or eight bucks in the what four or five days that I've had Amazon Associates on the site. So, learning a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm confident that, you know, a year from now, it'll have a really good ROI. So that's awesome. And do you have any opinion on like how a site like that with subpar content is making money and, you know, worth a couple thousand bucks? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good question. I think it's just, it's just a matter of, um, there not being a lot of content around that topic on the internet. So Google has to show you rank something that's related. So, <laughs> you know, gotcha. Um, so that's all the more reason to put out good content because if you put out good content, you're that much more likely to, you know, <laughs> to rank. Oh, yeah. I'd be interested, you know, wonder if, you know, you go and improve some of that content, if it'll start ranking for like more long tail keywords and just get more traffic, even if you're not, you know, really adding much new content, but you're just cleaning up the garbage that's there. For your specific site and, you know, the link building that you're doing for it, can you tell us a little about that? Sure. So um, very little, to tell you the truth. I've done a few guest posts, and this was just personal networking. So I'm in some groups on Facebook that are in my space that um, people have gone, you know, I'm looking for people to write some content, basically guest post opportunities that weren't, um, 
worded as guest post opportunities. So that's the few that I've done, um, maybe three or four guest posts. The rest of the links that I have to my site are all just organic. And do you have uh, any handle on how many links are pointing to your site? There's a lot of, because I have a certain post type on my site that aggregates to a lot of spammy sites. <laughs> um, I have a lot of spammy links, but I also have probably 50 solid good links from good, you know, good follow links from good domains, even some up in like the 60s and 70s of domain authorities. So. And those are just natural where someone needed a reference to some topic, you cover that topic and they just want to reference. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. And do you have any like tips for people that are like, how do I get such links to happen naturally? Post good content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Post good contact and networking too. I mean, if, if you're in, you know, groups around websites in the niche that you're in, that would be kind of my, I'm trying to, not give away my niche. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's, um, you know, good, good example. I'm, I'm not in any of these groups, but like I'm into homebrewing beer and there are probably, I know there's big forums, but basically like if you're part of the community, then opportunities will show up even if you're not actively looking for it. But like, if you just know people, things could happen. Right. And it's, it's sometimes it's just participating in certain discussions. I've had, well, one, one was just a, started to talk to somebody on Facebook and he's like, Hey, I have a site. I'm like, Hey, I have a site. Can I write a, can I write an article for you? Cause I heard guest art, guest posting was cool. It might be good for my site. So that's pretty much how that one happened. And actually the, the link that I got from that, the, the, the post that I linked to is, is, is the subpar post but because I have that one link from that quality site, it's like number two, number three on Google, even though there are definitely some posts below it that I objectively are better. <laughs> so gotcha. Very cool. All right. Any other sort of, I mean, it sounds like you don't do too much active link building, but you do have the, the core, the core links, uh, any other tips or observations or maybe something you're going to try in the future? Oh, I, I, I listened to your last interview. I, I think it was your last interview with the girl and you guys were talking about Aro. Yep. No, that was the guy. I think it was two interviews ago. That sounds really compelling. If I were to spend time on trying to build links right now, that's, I think the route that I would take because that sounds like a great, a great way to, to get links the yeah 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 i am playing around with that and yeah it seems pretty awesome i've heard from a lot of people who are said exactly what you said like that sounds pretty good i may want to check it out so i'll probably be releasing some information on like what's going on and uh potentially a course actually on it because there's a lot of details and stuff and there will be questions and I don't answer questions for free usually. <laughs> that's the real, you know, that's the real deal. So it's just Especially like, if it's the same question that you've already answered three times. I noticed that happens a lot to you. So <laughs> it does. Yeah. You got it. And it, it is a work. <laughs> I know it's, there's some really val- like great valuable information and like to put it within a course, like to streamline the whole thing is a, you know, something I'll probably end up doing with this. Okay, cool. I have some idea that this is a, probably a pretty big impact on your life, especially with the growth that you've seen in the last year, roughly three xing, and now like you, you've really focused in. So, how has this website impacted your life? Oh yeah, man, it's huge. It's 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 huge. I mean, it. 
So this month, this month, I think I'm going to hit, if not $5,000, at least $4,000 in terms of the income from the site, probably be somewhere between there. And that's, I mean, that's a full-time income for most people. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's huge. The other thing too is, is for me, what's been really helpful. And, and again, I think it's something that I first thought about when, when I found your channel and you were talking about how that first site that you had that you sold for like 120,000 or whatever that was, is to start to think in terms of the valuation of the site. Even though I don't think I'm going to sell my site any or my sites anywhere in the near future, just knowing that I now have a site that's worth $75,000 or $100,000 is just like the release the dick gives you in terms of you know bumps up my net worth by so much and um you know my family it's it's huge it really is it's huge very cool well you definitely i mean you put in the time you put in the work and this is a there are some things you can do to like shorten the path but usually it's a zigzag path to to get to where you're at and it's rarely a straight line so it's cool like you had the site in place, you were kind of maybe all over the place, it sounds like with your ADD. And now you're like, all right, I'm going to publish content that could actually earn some money here. And it's working out really well. And I mean, this is after Amazon cut the commission rates. This is through like dozens probably of Google algorithm updates and like things are going awesome. So congratulations. Yeah, I've been lucky not to be really affected by the Google algorithm stuff. I think piece of advice I have there is just, again, put out good good content. <laughs> um, if you're doing that, I think you tend to hedge the, the, the algorithm updates. The Amazon Associates, too, I was kind of lucky there in that my, my products that I promote were kind of in that 4% range that didn't really change. I mean, my overall, my overall hit was about a half a percent in terms of how much my Emissions gone down, so it went from on average about a four percent, four point one percent down to three point six percent. Sorry, it's my nerdy. Gotcha. <laughs> no, people love that. People love that. So, I think you know, aside from high quality content, any other tips where maybe more mindset for people that want to replicate what you have done here? Sure, and and, I, and again, this is something that uh, I would really. It's it's just in terms of focus, especially for someone like me, someone that you know, ADD, it's really hard to focus. And there's so many shiny objects in terms of what you can do online. And usually someone that's looking to make money online or build a business online, I think your viewership has has, has the right thing in that, that it's it's more of the tortoise than the hare, right? It's, it's, it's a long thing. If you start to see this from the, from the long view, I think most people will be much more successful with that. Um, again, there's so many rabbit holes you can go down with you know, quick bucks, funnels. I mean, all there's just so many different things you can try to chase. But the niche site model of just putting out content, good content on the long run, I think is, is really the way to go. So. I agree. Yep. I, I think I went on a, some tangent the other day on that very thing where if you're looking instead of like three to six months out and you're looking like three years out, you can make much different decisions. You don't have to be in a hurry and you really will. I mean, I think you will probably come out ahead. Anything that you can like do really quickly and like be successful super fast. Like usually you can lose it that quick or there's like a hundred, 150 people like ready to step over your back to get where you're at. So exactly. Those, those kind of quick, quick ways to making money are, are very easily stolen and <laughs> you know, <laughs> Don't yeah. last. 
Very the good. Thing yeah, I go would just, just to build on that too is kind of my my big my big thing right now is just in terms of posting content, right? I, I think the number one goal for for any of us that are in this, you know, building a business online is just putting out good quality content. There's so many different things that you can focus on, um, whether they be the the tools that you're using or you know different projects that you could be doing. Um, but I think. You know, my, my main goal right now is to get about 60 to 70,000 words of content out every month. Um, I see that, you know, this is a very scalable thing. If this works for, you know, there's 150,000 words on my site now. If I have a, one and a half million words on my site that are of the same quality and same, you know, why can't I 10x my income, right? So that's kind of where I'm, you know, my main, my number one metric that I look at now is content, word count. Right. Just getting it all out. The other stuff is kind of, you know, traffic, all of that, and that will come if you get out the word. So, gotcha. My two And what one topic that you you mentioned before, Bo, and I completely forgot to bring it up earlier, but monetization, and you were you were talking about um, AdSense a little bit, and also you mentioned Ezoic. So, can you tell us about what's going on with that? Sure. So, um, the site. So, I initially built the site out. With AdSense, it made just you know pennies or a few dollars a day back when I was getting, you know, very little traffic. I then transitioned to Ezoic, and they actually reached out to me to put my site on their network. And I was like, well, I don't meet the 10,000 page views a month threshold. This was back in December, or January. Um, they're like, okay, well, because of the quality of your site, we'd love to have you. And I was on the I was on the platform for a few months um, and did pretty good. I mean, it made a few hundred bucks. It was like much more than I was making on AdSense, you know, like 10, 15 times that I was making on AdSense. And they put ads in all the right places and, and that kind of thing. So that was great. And then my site crashed. Like it just completely crashed. And I thought it was because of, and, and my thought was because it, it was because of Bezoic, you know, um, because there were certain things. Um, but it was, what happened was, is my SSL renewed on uh, my hosting platform which threw Ezoic for a loop, which then somehow, somehow was, I don't even, I can't, couldn't explain the technical side of it, but somehow the communication between Ezoic and the renewal of the SSL crashed the site. So I took Ezoic down, um, been off Ezoic for a few months, and now I'm trying to get back on Ezoic because, and I reached out to them and, I don't know, they haven't been uh, friendly. <laughs> Okay. So, well, a good thing is I know people there, so we can, I'll put you in the right contact. So they'll right. expedite it and we'll, they'll get you back on. So, cause I'm sure, I mean, they invited you, right? So, and it was just a technical glitch. So there was just a miscommunication. They, for some reason, they thought they brought my site down because of quality control or something. I was like, there's no way it was because of quality control. I've been on AdSense for years now and never had. Anyway, so just some miscommunication, I think, and hope they can get back on. Very good. Okay. Well, and overall, it sounds like Ezoic was delivering in terms of revenue and you were, you were making more than anything else you tried. They really, they, they did a great job of not only so I had ad placements in all the right place, all the wrong places. And they came in and their person set up all the, I don't even know what you call them, but the places where they put the ads. So, I mean, it, it, again, it went from like a few dollars a month to 200 a month, just on Ezoic. And I think if Ezoic were on the site now, I'm making 200 with AdSense. So it'd probably be like five, 600 or more just from Ezoic. If I do end up being able to 
and get them on. So. Okay. Yeah. Let's get you back on there. <laughs> Very good. All right, Bo, anything else uh, on your mind? No, man, this has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, this has been great. I hope I haven't been too... Uh, too <laughs> no, no, it's my job to keep you on task here. So very good. And I'm going to try to sign us out. So thanks again to Bo. If you have any questions for him, you can leave a comment over on the YouTube side. Or you can shoot me an email over at uh, feedback at doug.show if you happen to be listening to the podcast. So thanks again, Bo. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Bo. Definitely appreciate the time. And one thing I realize I need to tell everyone that I interview is don't touch the desk or anything that your microphone is attached to. Bo's actual microphone was pretty good. We did, you know, some sound checks ahead of time, which I, I normally do. And a lot of people do get passionate and they either touch the desk or bang on the desk or something near the laptop. And I've had a couple guests do this. And as the host, I should immediately say, hey man, we're going to have to edit this out. Stop touching the desk. But I keep thinking, hey, maybe he or she won't do it again. And um, essentially that never happens. They actually get more into tapping on the desk or whatever. So Bo, I am busting your balls a little bit here. But yeah, that was my fault as the person, as the professional here trying to get high quality audio, definitely on me. And I should prep people ahead of time. Just like I say, hey, it's great to use headphones. Hey, high quality mic, quiet environment. So so on and so forth. Um, so also, you know, don't touch the desk. There was actually one interview. It's been like a year and a half ago. And yeah, whoever it was, just they kept hitting the desk over and over again. And I was like, oh man, I, I wish they would quit it. Why do they keep touching the desk? But now I tell people, I think it's like they want to be animated because a lot of, I mean, this on YouTube and they want to be a little more animated, so they touch the desk. But really, what I tell them to do, I tell them to wave their hands in the air, like they just don't care, of course. But I just I tell them to you know move move their hands so it's visual. So anyway, just long tangent, long aside, and I think that's it for today. So thanks to Site Growth Plan, my new course. Check it out. And um, I didn't mention this in, on the front end, but it is unlike my huge flagship courses because it's way less expensive. It's meant to be consumed in a you know short amount of time. Like all the content is available immediately. It is not drip fed. You get all of the content. You can go through it, and you know technically you can go through it in one day and figure out what you need to work on. It takes a, a little while to implement and execute and do the work. But overall, this is one of those like, hey, you need to uh, you know solve a specific problem. And it takes you through that journey in a, in a quick way. And then you have to go and do the work afterwards. So we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a good day. Have a good weekend out there. 